at the end of spring ball, which player are we going to look back on and say, this guy was the most improved? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Sunday. I'm Alex Dono. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So I want to go to some questions from you guys. You can tweet us at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. Matthew Welch wants to know, as we're heading into week two of spring ball, Miami Hurricanes are going to take the practice field again on Tuesday. Who is someone you think will keep on improving more than the rest in the upcoming spring practices? Well, Matthew, the usual rule of thumb is the guys who are going to improve the most are probably the ones with the most room for improvement, right? A lot of young guys or maybe guys that just didn't fit so well in the offense or the defense last year, got new coordinators and new systems on both sides of the football. So I am tempted to say that, Tyler Van Dyke is going to be one of those guys who I'm not sure if it's really a matter of improving, just fitting better with this offense than he did with the one last year. But as far as like players actually getting better, Jakari Brown is a big one because um, I already see him, you know, watching a lot of drills, but I already see him looking more accurate and comfortable as a passer. He'd stay at quarterback because Emery Williams, who's an early enrollee freshman, he's like a sponge just soaking everything up out there. I think he's going to keep improving a lot. But um, I look at wide receivers as well. Now, thankfully, I think that the entire wide receiver unit can improve because I just think as a wide receivers coach, uh, in my humble opinion, Kevin Beard is a considerable upgrade from what Josh Gaddis did with that position group last year. And I see the way that Beard is just so hands-on and so enthusiastic and so active with the way that he coaches those guys up. He's one of the more fun coaches to watch out there on the field because he works up as much of a sweat running around as his players do, which is pretty neat to see from KB. Uh, so, yeah, young guys at that position, uh, I'm expecting to see a lot more improvement in the coming weeks from Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph and Robbie Washington, the incoming early enrollee true freshman who already looked pretty decent out there. But, you know, really, once we get to that spring game, I'd love to see some situational stuff, even special team stuff where Robbie Washington, we talked about this with Larry Bluestein last week, that he's going to be a guy who could be uh, really utilized a lot in the punt return and kick return game. I think Ray Ray is capable of doing that as well, but that may be even more of Robbie's forte. And then for Ray Ray Joseph, this guy is going to be a shifty, dangerous weapon in the slot. He's got a lot of competition at that position, of course, with Xavier Restrepo being the man and Brashard Smith being an experienced Swiss Army knife type of guy. But I think I could see Ray Ray and Robbie improving a lot. Folks, there's even some of the older guys who I could see improving, right? Someone that I look at uh, who's definitely a show favorite here, uh, experienced graduate transfer, but Terry Roberts Jr. out of Iowa, who just had his first spring week of practice with Miami a couple weeks ago before spring break. But I just look at someone like that who's already a really solid, experienced cover guy 
kind of getting to know the area, getting to know new coaches and new teammates. And I think he's got a lot of potential because he was a really good cover corner uh, in the Big Ten for the last several years. So I could see him now that he's just more comfortable with his living situation and with his teammates and getting to know his coaches a little better, a little bit better. I could see someone like that improving a lot. I could say the same thing for Devontae Brown because some of the newcomers are at just, you know, just chemistry wise and learning everybody are at a little bit of a disadvantage for the first week. And then you kind of, you know, you, you pick up uh, pretty quickly once you get deeper into the spring period. So I could see that. Uh, so yeah, th those are some guys that I could see definitely improving. Um, you know, already, I think we've seen so much just uh, rocketing to the moon from a guy like Francis Mauingoa, who was getting starters reps at right tackle. So I want to see if he can continue improving because at the track he's on, he could end up being a week one starter as a true freshman from Miami this coming year. So great uh, question, Matthew Welch. And yeah, for the most part, the guys you're going to see improving the most are the guys who are either younger or coming off a tough year that probably have the most room for improvement. Like I wouldn't say Cam Kinchins, right? Like Cam Kinchins is already one of the best, you know, one, two or three safeties in the entire country. There's not a whole lot of improvement for that guy, uh, but there are certain other guys who have more room for improvement. Get a question from the new Miami who says, uh, hold on. He says, oh man, Miami is now a basketball school. How do you feel about it? I'm, I'm a Miami alum. I, I want all of our teams to be great. If, if you and our, our pal hoodie girl also say Miami is a basketball school, I would say just like the enthusiasm we get from fans would still say otherwise. It's still a football town, but maybe it is now a basketball school. But I'm happy with it. I'm fine with it. Baseball school, basketball school. If uh, if like the women's rowing team starts winning national championships, we'll be a rowing school. I want every student athlete who puts on University of Miami colors to be great. I want all of our teams to win championships. And yeah, we are going to talk more about basketball in this episode because, you know, the Miami men's hoops team, is playing tonight against Indiana. Women's team is also going to face Indiana in the next round. So I'm going to have Indiana grad, friend of the show, Brian Smith, join us to break down uh, Jim Laranega's team against Indiana tonight. So we are going to talk about that in the show. But listen, if Miami is a basketball school, fine. If they make another Elite Eight Final Four run, We'll call it a basketball school. We'll throw a parade down Ponce de Leon Boulevard. I want every University of Miami team to be great. Uh, we get a question from Free State of Florida. This is more, actually, This I wouldn't call this a question. This is more of a response to something that I said on yesterday's episode about Tyler Van Dyke. Let me reiterate my point, okay? There's a certain number of you who listen to and watch these shows who just don't like TVD, right? You were like rats off a ship last year because Tyler had a, a poor season last year. Then he was injured latter stages of the year. And I, I always get people like Tyler's not going to even be the starter this year. He's going to get beaten out, should not hand the starting job to this guy overrated. He's a flop. Uh, I think probably most of you like Tyler, but some of you just are not buying in on Tyler Van Dyke. You think he was a one hit wonder in 2021. So what I said yesterday was, and I'll double down on this, um, you know, in practices this spring, Last fall, last spring, during the season last year, Tyler Van Dyke is the best quarterback on this team. He's not getting handed anything. Like, it's not as if they're like, you know what, even though Jakari's outplaying you in practice, you're our starting quarter. 
It's not like that. Tyler Van Dyke has been routinely outplaying the competition in practice. So all I was saying was he's not being handed anything. That's not what's happening here. If you don't like Tyler, then you got to keep in mind he is the best quarterback on this team right now. So we, we get a comment, and I like this comment a lot from Free State of Florida who says, is he terrible? No, he isn't. However, you act as if Tyler Van Dyke didn't get benched against MTSU. Van Dyke was awful last year. He has to prove he can lead a team and take the necessary steps to be consistent. Press pause on your faith in him. Don't be a fan of a player because you like a player. Based on last year's performance, Van Dyke should not be handed anything. He has to prove it, Alex. Well, you know what? Um, I, I can meet you in the middle on that, Free State of Florida, because I totally agree he has to prove it, right? And I'll, and I'll say this. If during the latter parts of spring football, if Tyler Van Dyke gets outplayed by, and I don't care who it is, if it's Jakari or even Emery Williams, because, yeah, I'd like Emery Williams to use his red shirt the first year, but if he's the best of the three by the end of fall camp, you start him. If Jakari's the best of the three, you start him. If Tyler's the best of the three, and I expect he will be, you start him. So I'm totally with you, man. Uh, I don't want you to think that I'm part of like some Tyler Van Dyke Illuminati where uh, you know I'm like pushing some agenda. I, I just think that uh, I, I think Tyler is the best quarterback Miami has right now, and I also I think he's going to fit a lot better in Shannon Dawson's offense than he did in Josh Gaddis's offense. But I'm with you, man. Uh, don't don't hand it to him. If he gets outplayed, it is what it is. May the best man win, no matter who that might be. Oh, we get a couple of great questions on Miami's defensive line. I want to tackle those next here on Locked on Canes. But first, I want to tackle a built bar. No, I don't want to tackle it. I want to eat it. Guys, the built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. They got a full bracket on there. It's really cool. You know, I'm going to be voting for the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, which I think pound for pound is the best built bar or puff. Uh, but there's so many good ones, it's hard to pick. And if you want the Canes to win it all, then you'll be voting for that bar or puff too. Or vote for your favorite because there's some great options out there. Support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. That's a heck of a prize. You got to try built built the best protein bar ever. Seriously. They're so amazing. You won't even think that they're good for you, but they're pretty good for you. What makes built bars and puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. Run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. You know I will because I love me some built bars. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We will be joined in a few minutes by Brian Smith from allhurricanes.com and Fan Nation to preview Canes. Hoosiers tonight, 8.40 p.m. on TBS, round of 32 in the NCAA tournament. And I want to warn you, Brian Smith, as much as we love him, he's the enemy. He's an Indiana grad. <laughs> so we're going to get the skin. Nobody knows Indiana's team better than he does. Well, maybe a few people do, but 
I don't know them and I know Brian. So Brian's going to give us the breakdown on Miami versus Indiana. Let me tackle a couple of more of you guys' football questions first. And I want to remind you, you could tweet us questions for future Q&As at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us on Twitter at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. Get a great question and kind of a loaded question from J.R. Canes 83. He asks, hey, since Lance Guidry's defense is about disruption and tackles for losses, how many total sacks will this D get for the year and who will be the leader in sacks this year? And then he says, also, how many sacks do you predict the following will have? Nigelie Kelly, Reuben Bain, Jaden Wayne, Jafari Harvey, Chance Williams, Akeem Mesidor, Cyrus Moss. So let me talk about team sacks first. So Miami last year recorded 37 team sacks. I would obviously like that number to go up, and I think it can go up into the 40s. And if they can get into the 50s in team sacks, that would be incredible this year. Uh, his assessment on Lance Guidry's defense is correct. Uh, there's going to be a, a big-time emphasis on disruptive plays, tackles for a loss. So um, I, I think Miami could probably improve their team sack total by a, at least about 10. Like, they were 37 team sacks last year. I could see them hopefully between 47 and 50 sacks this year. Now, he asked me to predict the sack totals for a bunch of defensive linemen. Keep in mind, you're also going to get some sacks inevitably from the linebackers. And you're going to get some sacks from defensive backs as well on blitzes. At least we hope that they will this year. But for the players he mentioned, okay, so Nigelique Kelly, Nigelique the Freak, I call him, who had as a true freshman last year, I believe he had four sacks last year as a true freshman. I'm going to go with Nigelique the Freak to get – I'm going to go seven and a half for Nigelique. I think we're going to see – uh, a, a pretty good it's almost like a what that's almost like a 100 percent improvement if he goes from four to seven and a half he's gonna get on the field a lot more but there's also going to be a rotation with a lot of hungry guys on that line Ruben Bain as a a true freshman I know our guy Chalupa Batman I think thinks he's going to get like a half dozen sacks or so I'd love to see it I'm going to go a little bit more conservative I'm going to go I'm going to go four sacks for Bain. I'm going to go three and a half sacks for, let me go, let me go, uh, man, I, I feel like by the time I'm done adding these up, we're going to have like 60 team sacks because I'm so bullish on this defensive line. Uh, I'm going to go four for Bain. I'm going to go three and a half for Jaden Wayne, who's another early enrollee true freshman. For Jafari Harvey, how many did he have last year? I think Harvey, now I know Mesidor was the leader in sacks last year with seven Harvey had five and a half sacks last year I'm gonna go I'm gonna go six and a half for Jafari I do think he's going to improve his total just slightly from last year Chance Williams probably not going to play as much as some of those other guys how many did he have last season I like to use that for for reference here uh, why can I not find chance? I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to look at, I'll have to do a deeper dive on that later. I'm going to go. Oh, here he is for last year. Uh, Ooh, no sacks last season for chance Williams. I'm going to go, I'm going to go one and a half for Mr. Chance. I'm going to give him, uh, I'm going to give him a couple sacks on the season. Akeem Mesidor. How about this one for bullish? 10 and a half for Mesidor led the team with seven last year. I think Akeem gets into double digits this season. I'm going to go 10 and a half sacks for Akeem Mesidor. Now, the hardest one was the last one you put on your list, Cyrus Moss. Uh, 
I, I don't know. I don't know how much he's going to play this year. I don't know if he has, uh, maybe he has, and I'm dead wrong about this, but I don't know if he's put on yet, like the necessary weight to be a regular guy in the rotation. Cause he came in very, very undersized last year at like 210, 215 pounds. I don't know how much he's transformed his body. Um, you know, I do think that Jason Taylor, being on the staff, coaching up the defensive linemen, specifically the defensive ends, is going to help guys like that. The younger guys, the Nigel Lee Kellys, the Cyrus Mosses, the Wayne and Bain, and uh, and uh, Chiam Pong, the incoming freshman. I think I think Jason Taylor is going to help mold all of these guys. But I'm going to be a little bit more conservative on Cyrus Moss. I'm going to go one sack for Cyrus Moss this year. So that's where I see the totals for those guys. And I could see Miami raising the team total from about 37 sacks last year to 47, 48, something like that this season. So that is the best I can do for answering your awesome question there, J.R. Canes. And we get kind of a similar question from Cooking Kane. I don't know what you're cooking today, uh, but he says, do you see Akeem Mesidor shifting inside since we have so much depth at defensive end this year. Uh, you were going to see that regardless because Mesidor is versatile enough to uh, to shift inside, and there's gonna, that's going to happen situationally depending on what formation Lance Guidry has on the field. You can absolutely see Mesidor shift inside um, depending on – it's also going to depend upon how much of an impact – the new guys have at defensive tackle, right? Because we can expect Leonard Taylor, when he's on the field, he's going to be rock solid. Didn't play enough last year. Put up ridiculous numbers per snap. Just didn't get enough snaps last year, I thought. Um, so how good is Branson Dean going to be? How good is Thomas Gore, who I think is really good? How good is he going to be? How much is Joshua Horton going to play as a true freshman? How much is Ahmad Moten going to play? So it's going to depend on so many of the other guys there. But formationally, I could definitely see Mesidor uh, get inside, specifically because you want to have your best players on the field, and especially on passing downs, right? Third downs and longs, you get Mesidor on the field any way you possibly can, right? Because if you can get guys like Mesidor, Nigelique Kelly, Jafari Harvey, Ruben Bain, all on the field at the same time. Bain is another guy who's big enough to play inside situationally. So, yeah, I, I could absolutely see that. Uh, that's going to become more clear once Mesador actually gets on the practice field because he's uh, he he may debut this week. He might. But so far, Mesador uh, has not taken part in spring football. Mario Cristobal did say he could be a guy who joins up around halfway through spring ball, so we could see him this week or next. Uh, so we'll get a clearer idea once he's actually out there practicing. But awesome questions from you guys. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCanes. Uh, if you follow us, we'll follow you back. And if you tweet us at LockedOnCanes, we could read your tweet or answer your questions on the show. When we come back, it's all about the U basketball. Miami Hurricanes, they advanced. Indiana now round of 32, second round of the NCAA tournament. We're going to break it down with Brian Smith when we come back here on Locked on Canes. Hurricanes are one and a half point underdogs tonight. Was looking at those numbers on FanDuel, America's favorite sports book, America's number one sports book, new sports book partner of Locked on Network. New customers at FanDuel. This is the perfect time to sign up. New customers at FanDuel get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So you have nothing to lose on that first bet. And you want to get in, guys, with the tournament heating up. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. 
then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So do not miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you are uh, when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, we have to tap into the expertise of Brian Smith when we're talking hoops, especially when we're talking Miami versus Indiana. We're actually getting a double dose of that because the women's team is also going to face India. Men's team is taking on the Hoosiers tonight. Women's team is going to be taking on the Hoosiers in the round of 32. Uh, Now, Brian... I got to throw you under the bus a little bit. I just want people to know that we we are talking to the enemy right now because you are an Indiana grad, okay? So I guess thank you for not wearing like a Hoosiers jersey during this segment. That was polite of you. So uh, I think we can both agree if Miami has a chance against your alma mater, they obviously have to shoot considerably better than they did against Drake. I don't even know what that was. I mean, I did a little segment on that yesterday on all hurricanes. There was a point in the latter half of the first half, the Canes weren't even shooting 20%. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. I mean, that's hard. That's worse than one out of five. So as the wall of averages play out, you would think just for whatever reason, they're going to shoot 40% tonight. Right. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it works. So I expect a much better game to watch. And uh, hopefully for all fans, because th- that game against Drake was hard. I mean, Drake couldn't throw it in the ocean either. They weren't very good. Mm-hmm. So Miami, their defense, though, is the key. They held DeVries to one out of 13. That guy was the Missouri Valley player of the year. So it works both directions with the defense for the Canes saved them. Now, is there anything, because Miami really didn't play well at all for the first 35 minutes of that Drake game. Yeah. But then in the final five minutes – that full court press, full court press, immense defense. Um, you know, uh, Isaiah Wong couldn't hit the ocean from a pier all night, but you did have Nigel Pack and Wuga knocking down key shots. Miami hitting clutch free throws. Like, is there anything Jim Larinaga can take from the final five minutes of that game defensively, or is that just not something you can do for forty minutes? I think you can do things in that nature in spurts. Uh, if you remember, like Nolan Richardson's 40 minutes of hell, et cetera, when he had those Arkansas teams, Rick Pitino's Kentucky teams, et cetera, if you're going to do that, you got to have a deep bench. I wouldn't say that Miami is on that kind of level in terms of depth. you got to be able to play 10 guys. Yeah. And on top of that, Omier gets in foul trouble with Trace Jackson Davis still on the court. That's not going to end well for Miami. But why not try to get the ball out of the hands of, my, or of Indiana's point guard, Jalen Hood Shafino? He was freshman of the year in the Big Ten. When he doesn't have the ball, Indiana is much more turnover prone. They're a very big team. So Miami could throw a half-court trap at them, maybe do a couple of times just to throw it out of rhythm, do the full-court press in the first half, do anything they can to keep Trace Jackson Davis from getting the ball in the half-court. Yeah, and and any other keys for tonight, and and how is the matchup going to be different? Because we were saying this about the Drake game that, and and Norchad did end up playing and playing pretty well. I mean, twelve yeah, points yeah. and fourteen rebounds. He looked pretty good for a guy with a grade two ankle sprain. Uh, but uh, he's going to be even more needed tonight, right? Because Indiana is going to be a bigger lineup than what Drake had. Well, look at it this way: Trace is six nine two forty five. Race Thompson, the quote unquote power forward, is six eight two thirty five. 
their quote unquote small forward is Cobb. He's 6'7, 215. Miami doesn't match up in terms of just girth, but that's where your athleticism comes in. And that's what they did against Duke when they just crushed Duke the first time they played them. You got to play up and down. Yeah. If you play just half court against Indiana, that favors the Hoosiers. So, again, whether it's press, whether it's a trap, switching, Indiana doesn't see teams with this much athleticism very often. Miami's as athletic pretty much as any team in the country. I expect Jim and Laranaga's squad to really be aggressive on the perimeter to try to create turnovers and get the ball out. Because, you know, like Race Thompson is going to be able to post up, if he wants Jordan Miller, who's a good defensive player, but is Jordan really going to bang with him? Probably not. So it'll be interesting to see if they double the post when a guy like Race gets the ball and how they do that. Uh, Trace can score 20, but like Race Thompson scored 20 in the last game. He's one of the most up-and-down players in all of college basketball. If Indiana's going to get beat tonight by Miami, the Hoosiers can't have him getting 10-plus points. That's Miami's goal. they got to keep Race Thompson from going off. It's going to be a tough one, Brian. Do you have a prediction uh, how it's going to play out? Round of 32, Miami, Indiana. I would pick Indiana and that are favored by one and a half. But this is a game where it's really just going to come down to a shot and fouls. Again, Omrie can never in any sense of this game be on the bench for more than a very short. So they don't have anybody else to guard Trace. And he'll play 35 plus minutes himself. There's a game earlier this year. Trace didn't come out of the game. So he's very well conditioned. Miami needs to find somebody off the bench. Maybe this is the game Walker steps up and does some things, and maybe he comes in and plays against Race Thompson, and that helps because they might have to go with a bigger lineup because Indiana's so big. But I'll take Indiana just because of their size. I think they'll win on the boards and get a few more putbacks. 